This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. I'm Sean Fennessy. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And together we host The Big Picture, the Ringer's film podcast for new releases, career retrospectives, director interviews, movie drafts, top fives, and so much more. Twice a week, we break down the latest releases, argue about whether movies are doomed, and debate our modern film canon. Listen to The Big Picture on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, shoes? The rumors are that Lacey Evans is done with WWE. Mm, If you owned a rival wrestling promotion and you could hire Lacey Evans, but you had to pick between Marine veteran camouflage clad Lacey Evans or sassy Southern Belle Lacey Evans, who are you going to hire? I got to be honest, man. I thought the sassy Southern Belle was a solid gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was kind of into the sassy Southern Belle, like calling people nasties and stuff, and you know, wiping kids' faces with the little washcloth and napkin, whatever the hell she used to carry around. The tension is too high for any sort of militant army love right now, yeah. especially, especially you know. I mean, God bless the troops, God bless the Marines, and all that type of stuff. But you know, you never want to find out you're a heel in real life uh, at a wrestling crowd. That's 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 the last thing you want to do. So, but sassy Southern Belle, I think that tracks anywhere. I'm down for that. Hell, that's a baby face in most regions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love that gimmick too. I think if that gimmick had been had come up through NXT. Oh, yeah. At that time, and when they were at NXT, was just the fans were just relishing in throwback gimmicks. It was it was yeah. just like, what do you remind me of something from my youth? Then you're over. I mean that. I mean, damn! Remember the vaude villains? The vaude villains was popping. The vaude villains, the uh, the Ascension. <laughs> that's what they were called, yeah. right? Like all those, yes. all those, all those dudes back then. You know whose fault it really is, though. Who? It's, it's Ric Flair's fault. Couldn't keep it in his pants. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't even joke. Everyone's gonna think it's been it's been all downhill ever since. You know, there's also there's been a little subtle storyline going on behind the scenes about WWE cost cutting, and I don't mm. know if Lacey Evans is part of this or not. But you know, Ronda Rousey's off the books apparently. I don't want to get us in trouble before we get going today. Let's just start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the you're listening, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, bro. How how you doing, Shoes? I'm doing good. I'm a little bit nervous right now. What, what, what you nervous about, buddy? Well, I just got done rewatching Dynamite. Okay. And every single segment ended with a sneak attack, and sometimes two sneak attacks. And now I just can't get out of my head that as I'm talking to you, a steel chair is going to appear behind me, and it's going to be like Brian H. Waters cackling over <laughs> my fallen body. 
Nah, you know what the new jig is? It's not even the sneak attack. It's the, oh my God, he's going to hit him. And then as soon as he turns around, it's like, ah, you see, I could have hit yeah. you. Yeah, no, it's but true. But I'm not going to. I'm going to yeah. run through this. We have a lot of, we, we didn't really talk. We had, you know, Brian uh, Gewertz on the show on Monday, so he didn't really talk SmackDown. So I want to talk some about SmackDown, about Collision, obviously all the CM Punk brouhaha. Uh, there was some fun stuff on Raw. But let me just run through really quickly Dynamite from last night. We got... Uh, Orange Cassidy over Wheel of Yuta, and then Sneak Attack by the Blackpool Combat mm. Club, and then Reverse Sneak Attack by the best friends, Lucha Bros, uh, Eddie Kingston, setting up their stadium stampede match. I wonder who those other friends of the BCC are going to be. We can discuss more later. Then Omega, Kenny Omega was had a sit-down interview with JR Sneak Attack <laughs> uh, by Takeshita, uh, Don Callis walked in, but Takeshita and Bullet Club Gold with the sneak attack. I, w- I, if I will retweet anyone that does me the honor of making me a gif of Jim Ross reacting to the- Oh, I got the it. Bullet, I got the it. The Bullet Club guys I, re- hitting Kenny with the pipe. <laughs> I, I tw- That was my only tweet throughout uh, uh, Dynamite last night was that JR reaction. It's like, this is the look of a man who's seen many, many ass whoopings and sneak attacks. Oh, wait, I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> it's, it's one of my latest. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's, that's the best one. That's, it right that's there. unbelievable. I, like, I can't believe we're on the set. This is why we do a show together. It wasn't the, exactly. the first one. He was like, oh, what could be happening over there? And then the pipe comes down on Kenny's back. By the way, Kenny Omega is an all-time bad. I mean, this is gonna I'm, this is gonna get me in trouble. This is not his first backstage beatdown. He's not good at this. He looks silly. He always looks silly getting hit with real things. Anyway, yeah. uh, he gets hit with a giant lead pipe, presumably, and Jim Ross just just looks the other way. This is like the <laughs> this is just like the meme of like of like uh, me seeing an old lady get mugged in Central Park, or I'm just like, Sheesh, sorry, that's that's too bad, <laughs> and start shuffling seen- off in the other direction. You ever see Spider-Man? Was it Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3? When uh, Peter Parker is watching somebody uh, get away with like stealing oh, something. Yeah. And he like qu- he quits being Spider-Man yeah. and he looks really intensely. <laughs> and he just bites really hard on his hot dog and keeps going his merry way. Yeah. This is the wrestling version of that. This is- like Jim Ross is like, I have... I'm I'm barely even supposed to be here on TV. Do you think I'm about to get in there? I, I love how I love how aware AEW was with it. And they were like, no, we're not cutting yeah, that. We're great. keeping that right. Uh, did, <laughs> okay, great. after that we got uh, Darby and Nick Wayne over the embassy, and then a su- su- well, a, a, a so uh, the start of a sneak attack by sort of an sneak AR kidnapping. They were stepping up, and then the, then the, there was a video sneak attack by Joker Sting, who uh, who is now in AEW. I love, um, and, some, and sometimes I really love AEW's commitment to wrestling uh, history, all being theirs, you know, all being part of the fabric of what they do. But Joker Sting, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, well, listen, they're, they're they're a Warner Brothers property. They should be able to call them. They should be able to legally call them Joker Sting, right? Like, I sure. Feel like they're all under the same umbrella. That's a good, good point, you know. Uh, we got yeah. Cole and Jeff hugging it out, the bloody Jericho interview, and then uh, the Jeff Hardy, Jeff Jarrett, Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match in which there was a sneak attack by Leatherface. <laughs> I'm sure that was one of Jarrett's old uh, Memphis cronies who just, you know, r- runs around carrying a mask anyway. Uh, Britt Baker, Bunny, uh, I don't know, did Penelope Ford actually sneak attack in that match or just bother him? Oh, we'll give that one a pass. Then the Acclaim didn't even make it to the ring. They had an entrance for a match that never happened because there was a sneak attack by the House of Black. Uh, and then the uh, Ass Boys versus the Bucks. The Bucks won it, but then there was a sneak attack by Bullet Club Gold, followed by a sneak attack by FTR. And an almost and an almost sneak attack from FTR to the Young Bucks yes. by standing behind them, teasing the Shatter Machine. So it was a, nice, a very, very sneaky wrestling on AEW. Tony Khan, uh, you know, the, the 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 joke is always that he's hired more wrestlers than he knows what to do with. He should maybe just put some of them, instead of, you know, starting a new promotion, just put some people on security detail, you know? Just get, get some of the dudes he has on salary to be like, don't, don't stop letting people beat other people up. This is crazy. Get it in the ring. That's what matters. This- I, I loved hearing Tony Khan be an authority figure in the in the MJF so Adam great. Cole bit. At, at one point, I really thought it was just an MJF impression of Tony Khan, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, that's a pretty damn good Tony Khan impression." <laughs> and then when he comes out, I'm like, "Oh shit, that was really him." Um, even with all the sneak attacks, I thought AEW was a was a fun show last night. I was even a fan of the Texas Chainsaw Deathmatch. I, I think wrestling 
should have silly ass shit like that that makes you remember what the what the f- there was at least three or four times that I had myself say what in the entire f is this and in pro wrestling that's okay I enjoyed Leatherface coming out yeah I'm a sucker for Jeff Hardy I mean Je- Jeff Hardy could do no wrong in my sure. eyes and god damn it J- Jeff Jarrett in the 20, I can't, we're not allowed to say year of our Lord, right? So in the 2023rd year of our calendar, <laughs> common, uh, Jeff Jarrett. Common era. <laughs> common era <laughs> calendar. Uh, it's great to see Jeff Jarrett still doing carny shit. He's the king of the carnies, man. And I, I thought it was really, anytime, anytime there's something like super divisive on socials, as it's happening, I find myself just enjoying it that much more. Like when it's the complete antithesis of what you're probably expecting at AEW, when it's product placement, when it's full on sports entertainment and schmoz finishes and fake blood and all that type of shit. Every reason for me to not like something is usually a reason why I like it even more. <laughs> so, uh, and because well, it was so okay, rare, so the stuff that Jeff's doing, the, the death match is a te- the sorry, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match is a, is a great yeah. example. I mean, this stuff is this is the the what you need in a show to sort of keep you interested, right? This is part of the it's a variety it's part show. Of the variety yeah. show. Um, Jeff Jarrett seems to have finally found his like lot in life, which is to like just insinuate himself in AEW as that, because that's not going to manifest itself in any other way. Sometimes the big, sometimes they're multi-man matches, the stampede matches, that kind of stuff. Uh, the you know the 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 big ones go in that direction a little bit, where it's a combination yeah. of like holy shit and hilarity, but um, you know not just for like standalone things. And I think I think Jarrett's really really. Really nailed it down, and that's great. That's he's good at it, you know. And people love seeing him show ass, and people, you know, I mean, it's really effective when he wins, uh, like he, you know, did last night. Um, yeah, people still love them guitar shots, man. So it looks like we got a bunch of stuff. Oh, I left out one. I left out the Don Callis in ring interview with Je- with Jericho, where he was sneak attacked by Will Ospreay and Takeshita. Takeshita had two oh. sneak attacks in a row. Like he had the pre-tape and then the in-ring interview sneak attack. There was a lot of sneaking and attacking going on last night. So we got the stadium stampede match set up, which is uh, the best friends of Lucha Bros, Eddie Kingston versus Blackpool Combat Club and some number of mystery partners. Uh, I think we officially are going to have Jericho versus Will Ospreay at All In, um, which is, you know, which was sort of teased or not teased. It was leaked out as a rumor and met with a sort of you know, widespread meh, but they're going to go ahead with that anyway. I think it'd be pretty fun. And I like Will Ospreay. I mean, I I don't know what his future is in AEW, but I, I mean, I theoretically like him as part of the Callis family. We officially now have a, also have a, a huge six-man tag match with Kenny Omega, Hangman and Page, and Kota Ibushi versus oh, yeah. Takeshita and the Bullet Club Gold guys, Jay White, Juice Robinson. That's a huge match. You know, I guess that JR GIF made it all worth it. Um, we have a card. It looks like we have a card, man. We got the four way figured out. We got the four way for the women's championship. For the women's championship. Yeah, that's going to be really big. A lot of the, all the big names in that match. We got, uh, what else? Looks like we're going to have a, some variation on, you know, Darby, Nick Wayne, Joker Sting versus the, the embassy. That's cool. Um, Colin and JF, uh, of course, we, we didn't mention FTR versus the Young Bucks. That's going to be, you know, enormous. Uh, Colin and JF, uh, still one of my favorite parts of the show. Probably my favorite part of the show on its own. No sneak attacks, which was huge for them. Unless you, unless you count what they, you know, them marching into Tony's office as a sneak attack on Tony Khan. But... Mm. The fact that they're Adam the, Cole did tease a sneak attack. He though. did, but the fact that they're not really doing the they're that they're gonna tell the story in the ring, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But if the whole month before the big show is like are like comedy sketches that end with them like hugging and the crowd cheering, I don't mind it. But it just sort of, it, especially because we all know there's gonna be a story in the ring. But it just sort of it feels a little bit empty. Even though it's not empty by any definition of the word. 
Oh yeah, Aussie, Aussie Open uh, did sneak attack Colin uh, and Jeff. <laughs> so I totally left that so out. So there was a sneak attack. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. My gosh. Lots of sneak attacks. But yeah, attack it's just a, there's night. just a sort of, I mean, it's the big, it's the main event. Do we really want to lead into the main event with like the crowd popping because they hug again? I mean, I was with you up until MJF's promo, right? Yeah. Like, I'm glad that they finally acknowledged like, hey, like you're my best buddy and all that type of stuff, but you're not more important to me than this title. And, you know, MJF does what MJF does, man. Like, he's got great delivery when it comes to uh, signifying the importance of what happens in between the ropes and and relating it to real life. And I think the one thing that I, I thought was going to be a big challenge for this, um, for this uh, rivalry was how are they going to make this a match that I want to see and care who wins and how they win, I guess, is, is the most important thing, right? And they did a really good job of reestablishing the importance of the main event and the world championship and, you know, putting it in the air already that, hey, listen, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to beat you. And MJF, you already know he's willing to do whatever it takes to win, so I think the story that they're probably going to tell here is what is MJF not willing to do to win the championship? And what is Adam Cole willing to do to win the championship, right? I feel like MJF's entire career up until this point has pretty much already showed you that he's willing to do anything. So you don't need to sell that. I think the real hook over here is, damn, is Adam Cole going to do some foul stuff? some MJF-like stuff to win this title. And similar to the tag team title match with FTR, is MJF probably going to do something noble, something that he wouldn't have done before he made a best friend uh, in that match? Is there a line that he's not going to cross now because that, that friendship is there? And maybe this was Adam Cole's plan all along to, to kind of get him to, to... I think you said this a few weeks ago. Getting... Uh, MJF to play by the rules yeah. and knowing that he can't win that way, you know? So maybe that's it, but it's going to be really interesting to see how they, they, they pull it all together though. Yeah. I think I might've just gone with that MJF promo and from there, just let it be serious for a week or two, you know? Well, they got 11 days, right? They got to get them on they only TV. Got maybe one, no, they, you're right. But I, I don't mean that they promo. have to turn on each other. Right? I just mean they have to sort of take the match seriously, which means, you know, maybe not comedy hijink segments, but whatever. They're doing fine on their own. They don't need my advice. Okay, so the the black the, the stadium stampede match, according to our uh, our producer researcher Brian H. Waters, yeah, is Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, and the Lucha Bros versus Blackpool Combat Club being Moxley, Claudio, and Wheeler Yuta, and three TBAs. Three TBAs. That's a lot of TBAs. <laughs> who do we got? Who who do we think? There have been a lot of. I'll just say. There's been a, some some smoke uh, surrounding LAX this week, both the old and the new version. Mm. Would it be crazy bring if they up, brought bring me up to speed? I don't know. No, no. There's nothing. There's just been like like the kind of rumors that I usually ignore have been surrounding them, and that would be kind of a neat fit. Can you imagine if they like reunited Santana and Ortiz and? Brought in homicide too, or something, just like to get to get at the Eddie Kingston history, and and obviously there's, you know, everybody wants everybody wants more homicide. Every wrestling fan just you know is constantly yammering about getting him back in Ring of Honor and everything else. That could be kind of interesting, especially for a stadium stampede type match. It's just three, three is a lot, you know. It's like. Just because someone cha challenges you to a stadium stampede match doesn't mean you have to say yes, right? If you're like, no, there's only three of us. Can we work on a six-man match, you know? Can we get the <laughs> lawyers involved and get something that fits our criteria a little bit? Right, right. So, I don't know. It's, they obviously got something planned. And there's only one. I don't think you can have three Goldbergs show up, so. Listen, that's the only thing missing on this card to me, man. I'm, I'm kind of upset. I'm not going to hold you. You're not alone, by the way. Uh, according to... Wrestling Inc. Dave Meltzer was talking about Goldberg this week. Mm. He said, uh, "What did Dave Meltzer have to say about Goldberg?" Well, Dave Meltzer's talking about if you and Meltzer, when when Kazim and and Meltzer are on the same page, 
<laughs> I take it as gospel. Uh, Meltzer just said, oh, yeah. I think it would, I think Goldberg being there would be cool. Uh, Goldberg Wardlow would be weird because if I was going to use Goldberg, I would showcase him. I don't think people really want to show up and see Goldberg get beat, you know? Hell no. So yeah. Who's the most who's the most spearable person well, on the AEW roster? Wardlow, right I mean, uh, Meltzer says Christian Cage. <laughs> Uh, he's taken a lot of spears in his time. That is, and true. you know, is hateable. Is the T- is the TNT title being defended at at uh, All In? Uh, not yet. No. Um, maybe Shit. Jeff Jarrett. Give me Goldberg. Maybe maybe give me Goldberg Jer- Luchasaurus. Maybe Goldberg can just take out all of all of Jeff Jarrett's crew. Goldberg Luchasaurus for the TNT title. He's Mister TNT. Mm. Why wouldn't you, man? Listen, come on, man. I'm giving y'all too much. The TNT title has already gone through such. A terrible phase post Cody and Brody and Miro. Uh, you can do way worse than putting it on on Goldberg, who is literally Mister TNT when it comes to professional wrestling. Come in, spear Christian Cage, pins him one two three. Luchasaurus is like that dude's not even the champion. Whatever Goldberg walks out with the title. I mean, listen, maybe because Meltzer said it, people will start coming on to my uh, my brand of thinking and and getting Goldberg into this show. But I think you got to find a way. Find a way, man. Knock on the door. Do the walk. Get the cops around them. Get the pyro. We need Goldberg at All In. Tony, I know you listen to the show. This better be an ill surprise that you got waiting for us at the end or in the middle of that program. Why would you surprise? It, I guess I guess you're paying. If they sold that many tickets at this point, you're paying them. They already sold. Yeah. What about for they the, how about the, for the tickets? TNT? Can, we just saw Savio Vega down in Puerto Rico. He used to. They used to call him TNT down there. Maybe we can. Can we get Savio Vega? What, what, what kind of pop would that get? Savio Vega says, "I am TNT. This is my title. Let me do my little chops I mean, on you." I would hope not. I mean, he's LWO Cannon right now. I think Bad Bunny wouldn't would have an issue. Yeah, I guess you're right with uh, with that at that point. You know, but. Uh, Get Goldberg on the show, Tony. That's what we want to see. We want to see Spears. It's so many matches already on the card. I need a full-on three-minute car crash of cool entrances, Spears, jackhammers, and yelling. All right? That's what I want to see. I know it's going to be a great show. It's going to be great matches. It's going to be great stories being told. 80,000 people is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. One of the biggest wrestling crowds in history. Give us Goldberg, damn it! Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I, I just like to clear out and let you do that once a week now. That's that's I need that's it. My I appreciate the mass man show tradition. Um, I appreciate you. Let me let me get any my other Goldberg notes from Dynamite last night. I want to get out of here before I get hit with a lead pipe. Um, <laughs> no, it was it was fun. It was fun. There was just a lot of sneaking, a lot of sneaking, yeah. a lot of attacking. Actually, not that much sneaking. I mean, there wasn't that much. Who knows how much sneaking there was? It was just a lot of surprise attacks. I think it was all sneaking, and there was like 80% of it was attacking, and the other 20% was just, ah, I'm just kidding. I'll fight you at the show. (laughs) Well, lots of sneaking. I guess Swerve and Aira Scott get the Medal of Honor for actually just standing out there during the match and not not just doing a run-in from the crowd. They didn't even attack, though, so maybe they were the idiots for not doing the sneak. Less sneaking on their part, maybe, maybe they would have been better at attacking. Do you have any Joker Sting warmth in your heart? Do you did you watch T I mean TNA enough to care about Joker Sting? Yeah, I thought Joker Sting was really entertaining. I, I hope they lean in a little bit now that they kind of have like the IP creative license, uh, being on a Warner program. I was just and, never and into maybe, Joker Sting. Can I say this? I, I set you up for the really? question, but yeah. I like Joe. I thought Joker's thing was really entertaining. I thought it was something. It that was. Kept it him. was entertaining, and he did a good job at it. But I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like maybe I'm just too much of a comic book nerd that I don't even yeah. get like the gratification of the ripoff. The Crow ripoff was enough, right? The Crow ripoff was just sort of a like a shorthand. You see what I'm doing here with my face paint, and yeah. you know who kind of the vibe that I'm going for. I, but I, I don't. One could argue that Sting is over overshadowed however big the crow could have been. Sure, you can can make that case. But it's clear what he was doing. I mean, it's like, he gets sort of a pass because he already wore face paint like prior to the crow gimmick, but then he just did the crow face paint. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, I'm going to do my old face paint in black and white, which could have been fine. Um, No, he just took the crow face paint. 
Anyway, but then like the Joker thing once. is like uh, it's like putting a hat on a hat. You know, I mean, it's like, do we really need to, to complicate? I I know at some point you can't do a lot with the crow gimmick, crow sting gimmick, because he's silent and whatever. So you got to do something else. But is the move really let's go for another comic book adapted into a feature film and <laughs> and just do a rip off of that? Like, I don't know if the character is not I'm a crazy person who just who just mimics movies. <laughs> then what's the I don't why would that be your point of reference? I don't know. Could he not just go crazy without being the Joker? I guess that's my that, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Never loved it that much, but it but it was fun last night. I mean, the character is fun in a vacuum, so let's go for it. Speaking of sneak attacks, Seth got one uh on, on Monday Night Raw. He got he had a face-to-face with Nakamura, but then Nakamura whispered something in his ear and then subsequently sneak attacked him from behind with the Kinshasa. I'm all the way in on this. I ju- it's just so simple, so elementary. Oh, I hate this guy hates me now. He came after me. Let's have a match. I'm a fighting champion. What do you think? Um, I love that he he cut his promo in J- Japanese. Um, definitely adds to the what the hell. I mean, we know what the what chants are all about at this point. I never loved it. Still don't love it. But it kind of adds to the element of as soon as I went on my timeline, maybe like two hours later, there was a million videos of people who have already, uh, you know, translated what Shinsuke was saying in the interview, which, you know, I don't know why, man. I I think there's something about the silent confidence of speaking his native language that gives Shinsuke a much more of a threatening appeal to him. Oh, totally. Um, and man, I I think I don't know if Shinsuke wins the world title, but that's the only <laughs> no, thing that kind of bothers me. He does not win me. the world. I, I think he does not win the world title. But go ahead. Yeah, it's like Shinsuke. Never, like I, I, I'm I'm being trepidatious about how excited I can get for this because it almost seems like Shinsuke never wins these moments. Like he has a like, few cool. Uh, opportunities, but like as far as like world championship, never gets there. And I'm hoping it's different this time. It probably won't be, but uh, you know, especially with the language barrier. You I don't know think the language barrier even matters. Point. I just think he's not good. I, I think the language. I just think he. I think the language this, this, cool. this is basically like the Umaga John Cena setup. Like I, you know, like oh, this guy's mad at me now, so I have a challenger for two months. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe not. Yeah, I mean, they may, maybe they really do something with it. Part of the real luxury of having a guy like Nakamura on your roster is that you can just heat him up and turn him into a championship contender in five seconds. Um, the interesting thing is seeing if you and I care about it next week, right? I mean, if, we, if right. there's actually any 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 there there. Uh, right. But as just a proposition, I love the guy. I also love Seth Rollins. <clears throat> Seth Rollins has been teaming up with Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes and uh, all, all the other Raw baby faces for a few weeks now. Team good guy, yeah. None of those guys. I mean, I don't know if now that he's on a in a feud with Nakamura, he doesn't hang out with them anymore. He clearly doesn't have any friends because a friend would have said, "Dude, your whole outfit is see through." You can the whole. <laughs> there's some problems going on uh, that that some pixelation might have to solve. But I do appreciate him wearing glasses. Uh, as a, I, they talk about the my, my like team bald a lot, but team folks at wrestlers and glasses is a relatively short list, you know. I Googled and found a YouTube video of wrestlers who wear glasses that you might be surprised by. But it's a lot of people who are like, you know, wear contacts all the time. And then, you know, we're like, they, they, oh, there's a picture of them when they just got out of bed or something. You know, I don't know. There's not there's not a real legacy of wrestlers wearing glasses on television. Or is there? I mean, can not, you think of any wrestler? Reading. I know that I'm going to put my foot in my mouth here. Back in the old days, in yeah. my childhood. There were definitely some wrestlers in the territorial era on who wore glasses because that those were the days of like when real men who needed glasses needed to do needed to mow the yard they took them off right if they, if you were like there yeah. there were no contact lenses or anything like that it was just like if I'm doing something that's close to me it doesn't matter I can beat up a dude without my glasses then I'll put them on when I'm like getting yeah. when I'm driving even if you're as blind as I am back then it was like. <clears throat> If you're doing anything that doesn't involve heavy machinery, you're not wearing your glasses. So there were some dudes who like had their glasses on in the 80s. 
But I'm trying to think if there ever been like a, just a, a wrestler with glasses in on WWE television. Was Sandow rocking some glasses at one well, point? Well, I don't think he had glasses that he needed. Brian's going to come in no. and be like, well, don't forget when, when Brutus the Barber Beefcake wore glasses. <laughs> IRS, yes, IRS wore glasses. I don't know if you're going to say that, but those were like gimmick glasses. He was, they were like accounting, accountant glasses or something. The Stacey Keebler kind. Oh, Stacey well, Keebler wore okay. Glasses. No, she doesn't need them. Batista, Are you Googling this? Batista wore like t- rose tinted shades. That does not count. Does anyone wear glasses that they need the glasses? They're like actually just <laughs> glasses. Like, like when Shaquille O'Neal randomly had his own glasses line and started wearing See? glasses on inside the NBA all the time. Like that's what I'm getting at here. <laughs> and, and managers don't count, right? Like JJ. Well, JJ Dillon is a good one, but no. I mean, he was a wrestler. I, he, or he wrestled, you know, but that but no. He has to wear. Oh, Ole Anderson, I think, had pulled out the gla- rock the glasses for a while. Um, he, but he was the definition of the of the dad who takes off his glasses to mow the yard. I mean, that that was his look. <laughs> I don't know. There were definitely some dudes, like like uh, like hacksaw Jim Duggan, like definitely wore glasses in real life, right? Like he, like that okay. dude wore yeah. some Coke bottles, and then he just took them off on the way to the. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm pretty sure that's. I'm. I believe that to be true. Tito Santana, big glasses wearer in, in real life. I'm just trying to think of who I can imagine in real life. They probably all wore glasses. Maybe whatever they were, whatever they were taking to make those muscles blew up made their eye muscles stronger too. They didn't need them during the heyday. <laughs> Jim Cornette. Jim, yeah, of course. I'm not talking about managers. The glasses easy. did. It's easy. I don't, yeah, I mean, I guess it's difficult to wrestle. Well, yeah, you're not gonna. But if you're, but but if. It, but, yeah. yeah, you know, but but if you wear glasses like me, I mean, you got to wear glasses. I mean, I'm not going to wrestle in my glasses. Definitely get some like Kurt Rambis no, rec- sport. Re- what are they called? Rex specs. Rex specs. Yeah. yeah, I had I had the strap when I played basketball. Oh, like, God, no, glasses. no, man. <laughs> no, it wasn't as bad. Horace as it, Grant was the, the only person that made that look even decent. Okay. Yeah, he had some good everybody ones. else. I didn't have that those, but it was just a small strap. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I could, but I only hit jump shots when I did. I got the strap when I went to the beach with my family a few years ago. Cause I just had I had was I had like prescription sunglasses, right? Now I just wear contacts whenever I do anything mm-hmm. like that. But I had prescription sunglasses. So I got the strap and I, my 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 kids were just like, no. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I got this so we can go down the water slides. Like, no, just take them off. <laughs> Get the strap means two entirely different things between cultures, by the way. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Three. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
different things, honestly. If you're if you really want to go, I'm through, not gonna ask. Or, I'm know. not gonna ask. Uh, I, you know, it's all. Okay. I talk about straps. You. It's all glasses and professional wrestling grudge matches. That's it. All right. Uh, all right. I will not Another entertain folks. anything else. Uh, if you guys can think of any WWE professional wrestlers with glasses, please tweet them uh, at at Bringer Wrestling or at me. It doesn't matter. Now it's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah. What do you think about Glass Bro? And if I say Glass Bro, do you have any idea what I'm talking about, or did that just whiff? I only know Glass Bro because they interacted with a returning New Day, yeah, which I was really happy to see. So, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Glassboro, the new the new team of Drew and Matt Riddle? I'm not mad at it um, because I'm constantly sitting here saying, "What do you do with Drew McIntyre next?" I don't think it's a I don't think it's a good thing per se that it just they're like, "Oh, they're just doing RK, they're doing RK Bro because and Randy's not here, so let's do it with Drew." It it doesn't help that it feels like they're just redoing it, but it also gives you a weird sort of confidence that they're going to pull it off because we've seen it before. So I'm not mad at it. I, if you when I read when I read it because I wasn't watching Raw Live, I was like, oh god. And then I saw it and I was like, I remember how this feels. This is my Matt Riddle experience, sort of in a nutshell. I'm just like, come on. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying all of this. They're. Impressive dudes, you know, and and they're guys who should both be on WWE television uh, on a regular basis. And if this is a means of getting them there, that's fine. I don't know if comedy is the direction for Drew. I always fantasy book him in the dead opposite direction in my head. Um, but well, that's maybe why it'll work, though. But yeah, but that's it. But it'll work. I mean, I'll tell you this though. I know people hate bringing up hate when I bring up my 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 days as a, as a writer on on the who road, hates this uh, on the uh, Reddit. Uh, but, um, I'll tell you this, Drew McIntyre was easily one of the funniest people on the roster. Really? Like by far, by far, like Drew McIntyre is a full on hilarious person. And, you know, when he first, when I first got there, he was still like a, a heel, uh-huh. you know, I think he was still doing the stuff with Shane McMahon and, you know, he hadn't really hit main event Drew yet, but he was back and you can kind of tell they're making him a big deal, but you know, we would cut a whole lot of fat bastard jokes back in the day. And anytime we would go through our promos with Drew, we'd be like, it's Drew McIntyre and he's dead sexy. So one day we were like, you should just do that on air one day. And he's like, I'll do it. He's like, I got to do it. He's like, all right, he did. And then, and then he did. He called himself dead sexy on, on, That's great. on, on TV. And nobody popped except for maybe like 12 people on the writing team. Yeah. So the fact that he did that on air uh, was cool. So hopefully we get to see it. And you know what? I feel like a guy like him, man, I, you know, a dude that is so well has become so accustomed to main event roster, main event uh, rivalries, and fighting for world titles. I mean, I feel like once you get to a certain age, the best thing you can do is fun stuff, right? Like, sure. I was watching, I was watching, uh, uh, I forgot which WWE doc I was watching, but it was Booker T just talking about, you know, teaming up with Goldust yeah. for like six months and how much fun it was and how he felt like he was stealing money. Because he got to come to work every week and just BS with gold dust and crack jokes. And man, when you're on the road that many times a year, like a lot of that stuff kind of keeps you keeps you right, especially when you're not in the main event picture and you're not necessarily doing anything that's, you know, super duper important on the main card yeah. and not fighting for a world title. Like that's sort of the thing that keeps morale high, being able to just go on TV and just crack True. jokes and have fun and i'll tell you this matt riddle's made it work more than once with uh you know the 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 odd couple tag teams right like he's made it work with keith lee on the indies and in the wwe for a small amount of time he's made it work uh on nxt he's made it work with randy orton and i'm excited to see Kind of where they take it with Drew McIntyre, you know? I mean, I didn't get the... I didn't love the feeling that he kept cutting Drew off anytime he kept trying to say something, which always leads you to believe, oh, boy, Drew's going to eventually get sick of this and and turn on Mm -hmm. him or something like that. But comedy tag teams, especially if they're short-lived and they could just do fun stuff and... Hell, if we can get some well, more weed jokes though, on, it's like on short lived. We got that's what we thought that they were doing with RK Bro. That could have just gone for the rest yeah. of our lives if Randy had stayed healthy. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, maybe this will be maybe this will be the, the, the RK Bro level amazingness. Maybe it's maybe this is all Matt Riddle's magic. 
and he's just going to recreate it. Sammy being an honorary ooze was supposed to be some comic relief for a little bit, mm-hmm. and that lasted for a mighty long time. Sure so who knows, man? We'll see how that goes. We, there's a bunch of other stuff that happened on Raw. I want to play a little game called What Are the Chances? Okay. On a, uh, on a, on a uh, you want to do percent scale or a one to 10 scale? It's the same thing. What do you say? I don't want to do odds. Uh, let's just do on a scale of one to five. Five being they're going to win and one being they're definitely going to lose. What do you rate Shinsuke Nakamura's chances to beat Seth Rollins? I give Shinsuke Nakamura a four, a 40% chance. No, a 35%. Okay, you're going to do percentages chance. now. Okay, th- let's do this I'll better. Do 35% chance of beating Seth Rollins. Okay. 35% chance of beating Seth Rollins, yes. What do you give That's Chad Gable's chances of dethroning Gunther? Ooh. Ooh. I give that a. 42% chance of happening. 42%. In their first match, I'll say. Not in some subsequent rematch down the road. Well, they, they've had a match already. No, no, in, like, in their first already... title match. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, no, I, I, give it, I give it 42%. I, give I don't think there's any ways beating him in the first match. I would give Shinsuke yeah. a better odds, but I, don't, I wouldn't go that much higher than you win. Okay, okay, I dig that, I dig that. Wesley... Is challenging Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship. What do you, chances do you give him? It's going to be a phenomenal match. Let me get that out the way first. But I think Wesley has like a 13% chance of, of winning <laughs> this one. But what about the call-up? I mean, I think that Carmelo getting called up, really, and the potential of him getting called up, not that there have been any specific rumors or anything, that really throws the whole thing into flux. I don't think, mm-hmm. he, I don't think Wesley's going to win but man, they're behind Wesley. Like this is a super push one way or the other. And my instinct is, my biggest hangup is, Wesley's not the guy to beat Carmelo Hayes. But the Wesley apparently they think is the guy to get this match to be like, you know, shotgunned into this position to win time after time against main roster folks and everything else. They love this kid. I mean, in a way, he's kind of had the same sort of same sort of path that Carmelo Hayes had, right? Like he's quietly moved through the NXT division, tag team division. He's quietly had a great run as North American champion. I mean, it's not even that. And I mean, now he's cutting the promos that he probably should have been cutting all along, but it's it. I don't know. I just, the only reason why I don't think he's going to win is, is because he lost a ton of matches leading up to it. And Carmelo Hayes doesn't really seem to be taking him seriously. He's sitting there quoting TLC Saying, don't go chase the waterfalls, stick to the rivers and the lakes that That's you're used to. That's what I'm to. saying. I think that uh, I, I'm going to put it high. I, I would say I would give him a 49% chance of winning. I think there's two. Wow. I just think that there's something in, there, there's something going on. Hmm. I don't know, man. I feel like, uh, I mean, they love Wesley down there at, at Full Sail, but it just seems to me that when it's time to take the belt off of Carmelo Hayes and time to move him up, I don't think right now is the time because. It just seems to me that they're trying their best to make every brand its specific brand mm-hmm. and not necessarily let titles get in the way of having them appear on Raw, having them appear on SmackDown and getting more people to watch NXT. And thanks to Dominic, thanks to Rhea Ripley, yeah. more people are watching NXT than they have before. And it's clearly worked where folks could kind of, you know, That's it's a really fluid. good point. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if this is the time for anybody to be called up, really. Yeah, like Braun Breaker's still hanging around. Like all the guys that I expected to be Raw or SmackDown main roster guys maybe two or three years ago when that was sort of the standard of, okay, you lose the title, you have a sort of blow-off feud, and then you move on. Mm-hmm. You're still kind of sticking around. So um, the fact that Braun's still down there, the fact that Melo's still the champion, um, the fact that Rhea and Dom kind of popping in and out, the fact that every week... Uh, you know, Baron Corbin's down there. You know what I mean? Like, there's things happening that it feels like you can keep NXT important yep. without necessarily the quote-unquote call-up to the main roster. I agree with you. I think that you're right. I'm still going to give Wesley more than a 40% chance of winning this. Oh, it's going to be a phenomenal match. I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be excellent. But I still think it's it's Mello's time, man. I, th- I He's just, he's the guy right now for them. 
And if it if it is Wesley's time eventually, I don't think like the how you feel about Gabe and Gunther is how I feel about Wes and Carmelo. They're gonna have a classic match. He's probably gonna lose by the skin of his teeth. And you know, like like a true drug dealer, you get the customers on the comeback. Give them the good one for free, and then the second time, you put it on what he waves on on USA next week, right? It's not on Peacock. It's an episode of NXT. Yeah. So I mean, you give you give them the good one for free, and then you run the rematch back. You're right. At, uh, Okay. You know, uh, was it No Mercy, okay. I think, is their next pay-per-view? Yeah. So we'll see. As long as we're doing it, what do you think Adam Cole's chances are to defeat MJF at all in? I'm getting I'm giving Adam Cole a 75% what? chance of winning the AEW World. MJF should buy, doesn't even bother showing up then. I mean, that's those odds yeah. are terrible for him. It is it is terrible odds. I just feel like MJF has let his guard down being the baby face, yeah. and it's gonna bite him in the ass. I really think it is. I mean, I have. It's right in front of us, you know. I still the, think they're doing a. I think it's gonna. I, I'm praying it's gonna be some sort of double reverse. Um, I think that I think it's been right in front of our faces the whole time, man. I think, you know, MJF has no friends. Yeah, he's been telling the story that he has no friends, and Adam Cole has plenty of friends. He has so many friends that people are fighting to prove that they're still friends with this guy. And it's throughout true. this entire rivalry, throughout this entire rivalry, Adam Cole's been telling Roddy, I know what I'm doing, bro. I know what I'm doing. And I feel like a reunite, a, reun- a reunion of the kingdom is going to end up with Adam Cole as the world champion and MJF asked out with no friends. And for the first time in his career, a sympathetic babyface who's going to have to crawl back to the top and try to win that world championship. I give Adam Cole a 75% chance of leaving all in with the world title. Okay. You make you make a compelling case. I just I think all of that can be true and it still doesn't mean Adam Cole is going to win. That's the thing about pro true. wrestling. True. So, true. even if I was sure that was going to happen, I don't think I'd go 75, maybe 74. That's not where I'm I'm not going to put it there. Okay. What are Rey Mysterio's chances of beating Austin Theory last Friday night for the U.S. title? The answer is 100%. He won. Are you excited <laughs> to see Champ Ray Ray in this year? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't say that no more. Um, yes. I mean, Rey Mysterio is, is a medical marvel, man. Like, the fact that he still could go at this rate, at this age... He should be in way more goat conversations. I, I personally feel like, right? Like he's been this nice. I mean, he's in a lot of since, goat conversations, man. I feel like he should be in a lot more. Like I feel like when we see goat, those, those. Well, I mean, it's just a, such a weird conversation. Let's do, let's do the goat off. Okay. Hey, yo. <laughs> Sounded crazy. <laughs> how 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 does a goat off start? If instead instead of just saying ambiguously, like he should be higher up in the rankings. Let's just, have, like let's just have a one on one. Let's have a one on one match. Rey Mysterio versus Chris Jericho. Who's who's the who's the goat? Who? Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. Don't you think we would have said Jericho like eighteen months ago? Is it just? I mean, is it just Rey's last run? Jericho's more accomplished, but Rey is still the better entering performer at this point in time, in my opinion. No, but just total total career, every all in. Okay, all all accolades. Uh, you know. Rey Mysterio main evented at WrestleMania, man. Like Rey Mysterio won. The I mean, main I think event. Rey Mysterio's um, place in pro wrestling is, is is just so important. He is he is the Jordan logo of lucha masks, like, which is huge. Yeah, it's it, it's it's ubiquitous. You know what I mean? Like you could have all the gimmicks in the world. You see a lucha mask with the little hooks on it. That's Rey Mysterio. Like that's a brand name. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think all things considered, I, I still take Rey over Jericho. I think it's close. Brian, what do you say? I'm definitely going Rey Mysterio just for what he means to his culture. <sighs> Rey Mysterio. I think Rey, Rey means more to Mexico than Jericho means to Winnipeg, I would say. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mexico's got more going on. <laughs> they do. And, and and if Rey Mysterio says tomorrow, yo, we're doing a show at uh, the Mexican stadium, that joint is sold out immediately. Immediately, bro. Like, he is... He is he is as famous as anybody is uh, south of the border 
in, in that in that entire country. He's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into this argument. I'll only get us in trouble. Um, <laughs> so Rey Mysterio over Chris Jericho. I can't really argue with you. Although Jericho's, I think Jericho's work has been just so stellar for such a long period of time. Ray has just been at his peak for so long. He can still go out there and have a five star match. It's really nutty. Yeah. And he's your new champion. Do you think there's going to be some distant, some dissension in the LWO since Ray just like took his buddy's spot and won the won the belt? I mean, it feels like Ray should do the right thing and just kind of give Santos the title or something. Give him like the title. Pro- just give him the title, bro. Just be like, bro, listen. You know what happened, and uh, I mean, give him a match for the title, or give him the title. I mean, I get- just give just give it to him. Just like, hey, listen. Uh, if I was no, that's Santos, kind of insulting, would, though, to be like, yeah, if, yeah, if, that's, listen, this is worthless to me. Here, just take it. Nah, but like Santos Escobar could definitely gaslight him into be like, you know, you should probably just give me the title, you know? You should probably just do that. And then, you know, maybe the Legato del Fantasma stuff starts to come in. But I feel like there's those, there's too many LWO First shirts all, being sold I, for them I, to I, turn I, don't, so I think quickly. that giving the title away opens up so many cans of worms in, the, in pro wrestling the pro wrestling well, clearly Ray wouldn't do it. No, I'm just saying you could like a champ it. could lose a match and be like, no, 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 I gave it to Kaz before we started the match. It, it wasn't <laughs> mine to lose. And now he's going to give it <laughs> back to me. Um, apparently, though, you can, in fact, give titles away because Chelsea Green gave a their tag team title to uh, her new partner, Piper Niven. What do we? Th- I mean, for what it was, this was beautifully done and just, and, you know, time to get Piper Niven out of the get of wherever she's been hiding out this is this could be a lot of fun oh yeah i'm on the i'm on the chelsea green bandwagon guys i've i've come i've come fully around on how entertaining she is i thought chelsea's got talent had way more legs than it could have been they they kind of started it on social media and i'm like man this could work if they really give it some time but they kind of shotgunned it and just gave piper the championship but chelsea green seems like somebody who's taken a lot of chicken shit and made chicken salad out of it in the past several years, wherever she's been at. And uh, as long as she's still on TV, I'm cool. You know, Sonya Deville, injury's unfortunate, but what makes that team interesting was Chelsea and everything about it. So eh, it's the women's tag team titles. It's not like it's a universal title that was just handed to somebody. Like I'll, I'll, I'll survive uh, with it. But um as long as Chelsea's involved, I'm I'm involved because I'm I've become a big fan of hers in the past several weeks. We're gonna keep winding backwards here. On Friday night SmackDown, I mean we've covered this on multiple shows in the Ringer Wrestling Show feed this week, but I want to get your take on Jay Uso leaving the bloodline, the Usos, and the WWE. Now I'm not saying I predicted this because uh, I didn't. I just said I would leave JF TV for two months or something before we did anything else with him. But and I. Now he's he did he they didn't leave him off TV. They brought him back for him to leave. What do you think the move is with Jay? Is this going to be a hey? I'm going to just be on Raw as a singles wrestler in in a, in a month. Is this going to be hey? I'm hanging out in the rafters with white face paint, uh, watching the Bloodline do their thing in a month. What, what, what are you what are you expecting? I think the best part about this is I have no idea what to expect. Like I have no clue. Like. I, I try to take little context clues of what everyone's talking about with the bloodline. And the one thing that I hear keep ringing in the back of my head is Paul Heyman saying, we're in the bottom of the third inning when it comes to this bloodline story. So I'm like, all right, if Jay quit, are you taking a breather from the bloodline story? Are we not going to see Roman or Jay for a minute? Is Jimmy and Solo just kind of going to be around hanging it? I don't know is, I mean, in the perfect world, right? Wouldn't Jay just go to another wrestling organization? Wouldn't Jay show up at NXT, show up at Impact, show up somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I don't know how business is conducted in 2023. But if you're, if you're, you wouldn't at least float you want to at least float the ideas like, hey, man, we got Jay Uso, who's probably one of the biggest stars mm-hmm. in the world right now. You who are you who are you calling? You're calling Scott Demore over at over at Impact having this conversation? I'm, I'm calling somebody, right? Like somebody's gotta 
I, I don't know if it's Impact. I, I doubt it'll be AEW, obviously. Um, Th- that's the difficulty because it's in real life, it would be a if you had the ability to quit and go somewhere else, you would probably want to go to AEW, and that's not going to yeah. be the thing. Uh, no. maybe you can send her to New Japan or something. No, but I mean, shoot, I mean, maybe we're going to get just a camera crew following Jey Uso around just doing regular Jey Uso stuff, right? Like, maybe he's just going to turn into a uh, a random street fighter outside <laughs> in the streets of California or something. I have, no, I have no idea where this is going, and that's kind of why I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in it, because the Bloodline storyline is in a very precarious place right now. Like, it's at a place where... There's a good portion of people that still think it's the best thing going and can't wait to watch what happens every single week and him quitting got you excited and all this other stuff. And then there's that other half of people that's like, okay, this might be dragging on a little too long. Well, it's at that point. Maybe you're right. Yeah, it's, it's at that point where it's people are, you know, there's a point where you're watching your prestige drama on television. You're excited. It's like, I'm so glad this has gone on so long. I could watch this forever. But then if like, you know, there's a season finale... And they're like, yes, we, we stay stay up for season four in 2028, you know, and you're just like, <laughs> all right, you know, and you go, let me look for something else to watch. Or even if you have all the shows and you're just binge watching, you're just like, oh, this was so good. I can't wait to binge the rest of it. And you're like, wait, 12 more seasons? Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch a little Arrested Development and just like kick back, you know, like it's either. You're right. It, Dave, did you watch? Did you watch uh, Across the Spider-Verse? The new Spider-Man I haven't movie? seen it yet. No, no, no. My son did. Okay. Well, uh, spoiler alert for anybody. Oh, no. This is kind of like, you know, the. I'll just say this. I won't even give it a spoiler. The movie ends on a cliffhanger and basically says Spider-Man will be back yeah. in, you know, the third movie, whatever. And it leaves on an incredible sort of cliffhanger. A lot of complaints. I've heard um, a lot of complaining about that in my household. A lot, a lot of complaining. But it was so good. You were like, oh, man, I can't wait for it to come back. Well, you know, writer strikes, whatever. Maybe it won't even come out next year. Maybe it'll come out in the next two years. But and that, that all that being said, um, the only reason why I, I'm holding, I'm on the side of being excited to see where this is, goes is because Paul Heyman said we're in the bottom of the third. I'm just saying, I don't know. I I'm a, I agree. I just, I, I kind of feel like Paul Heyman should have said we're in the bottom of the sixth. But, you know, just be like, just to make it feel like what happens has a little bit more bearing on where this is going to go and not like... It, it's. It just makes me wonder what they have, like what ace in the hole that they have after WrestleMania, after Cody, after the bloodline breakup, after Sammy, after all this stuff. What ace in the hole do you have? The ace in the hole that they had last year was Sammy Uso mm-hmm. and leading into the war games and like the rivalry between Jimmy and Jay and Sammy and them becoming friends eventually and Sammy breaking up with Kevin and then, you know, mm-hmm. Sammy being full on. Uso, that was the road that led us into November. They know that they got to have something in the chamber that's going to take us to Survivor Series, take us to the Rumble, and then take us to Mania, right? Those are the, to me, that's second, third, and home base to me. They're on first base right now. What do they have planned with this Jay Uso quitting situation that made Paul Heyman believe so strongly, oh, y'all haven't even seen nothing yet. Well, That's what makes me excited. Okay, t- two things. One, yes, they will do something awesome. We've seen it time and time again. We should give them the benefit of the doubt, too. Paul Heyman said we're in the bottom of the third, as much as I might disagree with that exact inning, because he's trying to make the point, like, we're untouchable. He's right. trying to make sure the folks at WWE know that, like, you're, you can stand to make a lot more money. Just make sure you don't ever tell us what to do again, you know, or whatever, <laughs> like we're, we're doing just fine here. Um, and, you know, it's a good it's a great called shot. But will it will it be awesome? Yes, absolutely. The track record is impeccable. Um, speaking of impeccable track records, you want to talk about CM Punk before we get out of here? I don't, but I feel like we have to. I just got done watching uh, Heels, the new episode of Heels, where CM Punk and AJ Mendez both feature semi-prominently. Um, mm. I am very, very pro CM Punk. Every time, you got to watch Heels. He's the most endearing character. And episode four, it's, it is, he is, he, it's, he's just hilarious. He's so funny. He's just playing, 
And for all of you who haven't watched it, he plays like a southern wrestler named Ricky Rabies, whose gimmick is really that when he goes crazy, he foams at the mouth and he tries to bite people. <laughs> but he's like working backstage and like helping out and stuff, does commentary occasionally. He's really, really fun to watch. You can understand why this show like rekindled his love of pro wrestling. It's so fucking funny. But anyway, it leaves me in a very pro CM Punk headspace. But all these rumors coming out, it just seems like there's some sort of orchestrated campaign to to take cm punk it's fucking down whack right it's whack it's whack that's why i don't want to talk about it. i'm like yo it is but so wait are we being that, like, like are we being like uh like you know like lamestream media folks if we're just if i'm talking about a coordinated campaign I mean, couldn't it just be that these stories are true and that when one story gets reported then everybody else reports on a story i mean reports on a similar story even if it was true it does nothing to help me want to watch that product it really doesn't. Like, I'm sure they have the same sort of issues in literally every single wrestling promotion. And you don't hear nothing about it. You don't hear Sean Ross Sapp reporting on it. You don't hear Meltzer reporting on certain stuff. I mean, I get it. CM Punk is a click machine. You put his name and somebody else in backstage, and people are going to go click on that and watch mm -hmm. it. But as far as the wrestling product is concerned, it doesn't move me either way to watch or not if CM Punk is a mean guy backstage. Wait, but if who do you think? So, so, no, no, take a, but, what, but what do you think? Is that what they're trying to do? You think they're trying to get you to watch by getting these stories out there? No, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. I, I, I don't know if, I mean, at one point, I really did believe that AEW knew that their audience was very much um, internet heavy. Mm -hmm. And they were using it to their advantage and being like, hey, we can use this, this, this medium of, of getting our info out through the saps, through the Meltzers, through all these websites, the podcast and all that stuff uh, to keep people interested in our product. And now I'm just kind of like, okay, so maybe it was used like that at one point, but now it's just like, all right, it, it, it's like, who was back? Like, how was this? How was this info just so? That is what I was saying last time that all that all this stuff is all the all time. The, all the before Punk's latest return, I was like, this is not making me more interested. And yet I could not be. I don't think there's a straight line. I, I'm so interested in collision. So, you know, we're paying attention. To me, it felt like, and I'll be honest, and this is just my own point of view. It really did feel like before Punk got to AEW, you almost heard nothing come out of backstage from AEW. You heard nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, I never heard nothing with Kenny, the Bucks. Jer like, no, I think you did. I just don't think it was stories that mattered to us that much. I think that they, the I think only, they were, the I think they were thing, getting their point of view out there. The only thing I heard was contracts, contract negotiations. That was really it. But who got kicked out of what in the, in the back room? Who was allowed to say where? What wrestler is working out? What's pretty... Like, mm -hmm. I... Do not care at all. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Stop report like Ryan Nemeth, the whole thing. Like, okay, if that is true, if that story is true, Ryan Nemeth put something out, uh, calm punks off. So uh he, well, he approached him about it. The story is basically that like once that happened, punk was like. Punk had, I think I think that the timeline that's come out like is the, that, the block is still hot. The block is still hot. I think that, I think Punk had just had a locker room let a locker room meeting where he was like, "Hey, uh, no drama here," which is you know, yeah. it's fair enough to be like, hey, "You're the one saying no drama," you know. It's just like he's like the guy in the hot dog suit saying, "I'm going to find the guy who did this," right? But like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you say no drama, and then Punk apparently was like, "All right, you did that tweet. That's drama. You're gone." I mean, he didn't help himself with the with the Haddon Page sort of off. Apparently, the air sort he, of thing. well, apparently it's been confirmed that he texted an apology to Adam Page, and 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 I don't know really how you apologize. I mean, that seemed pretty deliberate. But regardless, you can say that wasn't how I meant it to sound. I guess. Um, but there was also the thing about Adam Page showing up for an episode that episode of Dynamite because he was in, he was they brought him in town to do a a pre tape. Well, it was his hometown. Yeah, right? it was and in they Carolina, were like, "No, right? you have to leave. You can't do it here. You know, we're going to do it off site." which would not be apparently the first time that sort of, you know, change has happened in AEW where they're like, yeah, we got our plans wrong or whatever. Right. 
But their initial reporting was all, oh, they didn't want him and Punk in the same place. And it's totally within the realm of reason that that Tony Khan was just trying to, you know, avoid that issue by having them not be in the same place. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I think they're all, everybody's, you know, getting their, you know, getting the word out. They, they're all working their, they're all working their various, well, like reporters work sources and I guess sources, these sources are working the reporters. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't do anything to help me. It doesn't do anything for me either. I would just kind of shut up if I were them. I'm not. I'm not interested, man. I'm not Unless you're actively working a CM Punk heel. Apparently, he wants to be a heel, so maybe this is for him. This is part of that. But unless you're working a CM Punk nuclear heat heel angle, and you know, you think this is going to help. And honestly, unless you're working towards a Punk versus the Elite feud, which is apparent, which seems like it's never going to happen. I don't know. I don't know why you're doing it. I don't know why, Kaz. Uh, sometimes, but you know, maybe we can just watch the show. I'm glad we saved that for last because neither of us really have any fire about it at all. Definitely. It's funny that we were like everybody's complaining they let left Becky and Trish off the SummerSlam card, and we still haven't talked about them since then. Can we talk about Becky and oh. Trish on Monday? Can we just like just just Brian pencil that in, pin that in, put that on the put yep. it on the bulletin board on Monday? Gotta be honest. On, Gotta be honest. What? It stinks. <laughs> it Save your stinks. takes for Monday. Monday, we're going to talk about all the feuds we haven't talked about in a minute. All right? We'll actually, we'll challenge each other to, to say what's happening in each of these feuds. I hope by Monday that Becky and Trish feud is a little better than it was these past several weeks because, man, it is... It is it is it is drifting very very closely to turd sandwich with that <laughs> with that matchup. Hopefully the steel cage match turns it up a notch, but it's just I right, oof oof. Well, that's your opinion. You can find out mine on Monday. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, Kaz. You want to get your plugs in? Yeah, man. Catch me on uh, Say Less with Kaz, Okay, and Rosie. Catch me on Count It on Points Bet USA. Catch me on This Is Awesome and The Ultimate Show on Peacock as part of the WWE Network. And this Saturday, you will catch me calling the action of the fifth annual Slam Summer Classic taking place at Rucker Park. You can watch that on the NBA app on NBA Live. Uh, download it. It has it has an incredible. Incredible talent pool this year, including Cooper Flag, uh, the number one player in the country. Um, I love doing the Slam Summer Classic every single year. It's at Rucker Park. If you're in Harlem, come through, come say hi. I'll be doing the play-by-play -play for the game of the best high school boys and girls in the country. Check it out. It's going to be so much fun. And uh, that's all I got. You can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. Be sure to listen to all the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Cheap Beat. Wednesday Worldwide and The Masked Man with Kaz and also on Friday nights right when the new episodes drop we got reviews of the amazing Stars show Heels Season 2 me and Ben Lindbergh are doing that uh, thank you guys so much for listening thanks to our producer Christian John Bradley I guess thanks to Brian too for hanging out and fact checking us there a little bit thank you for listening apologies as always to John Moxley we'll see you back here next week humanoids